Starting with me? Like, yeah, you get to the first one. <laughs> starting and from then, the beginning, which is what we do in Edge 1430, right? We start from the start bottom. Right from, starting start from, right from the bottom. There. like it. It's, Somebody it's else like said that me. once. Uh, but yeah, okay. no, I, I, have a, I, I made a list of uh, your credentials and like what you've done and had a little introduction blurb oh. and everything. Yeah, I did my did research. You know, did you know I got my FEC? I just got it. Yes, I have that right here. Recently, she was cool. recognized as a fellow of Engineering Canada. Yeah, I'm very proud of that because that takes like 10 years to do. So What is that? <laughs> I've never heard um, of it. Mostly, uh, so they recognize you for doing volunteer service, mostly with the association. So um, my volunteer time has added up to 10 years. And once you get 10 years, then they consider you. And if they think that you're worth worthy, if someone vouches for you and says she's worthy, then you, you get it. Or so it's like you can be president of Engineers Geoscience Manitoba Council and you get it automatically. Oh, so basically the the easiest way is to become the president of the geoscientists of Canada. Yeah, but that like, didn't appeal to me. So, <laughs> so, so that's basically like I'm, the I'm not that kind of person, believe it so or not. So it's basically the Nobel Peace Prize of engineering. Oh, no. No? <laughs> no. That's about individual achievement. This is about service for others. So. Oh, oh, it's no different. Is Nobel Peace Prize for, I thought it was more about, oh, I guess it is individual. It's leadership, right? It's leadership. leadership. This isn't necessarily leadership. So that's kind of cool, actually, that way. It's recognizing the people in the trenches. So that's yeah. me you also, in the trenches. You, you also got the Manitoba Aerospace uh, reward two years in a row. I didn't get it two years in a row. I got it one year. Oh, I thought, okay, because I guess they posted it twice then. Yes, they because did. Because in December 2019, they posted it, and then they posted it again in October 26th of 2020. So I was like, okay. whoa, she went twice. No. No, that was for um, education and training. So that right. was, um, yeah, that was really, I mean, that's really a team award. Uh, I, I My name's on it, but it's really for our group and um, how we managed to figure out how to do this very, very difficult to administer co-op program. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. And we managed to do it and we make it look easy and we've been really successful, but it's, um, it's a very difficult process that we chose. There's a lot of easier ways to do it, but we thought that this way was a better way to match up um, engineering students with employers to demonstrate career opportunities for engineering students to to reach broadly I guess we're the only engineering school in Manitoba yeah, so we need to try to be of service to all of Manitoba industry regardless of where they're located in Manitoba so you know we're encouraging kids to go up to Thompson we're I'm encouraging excited. we're encouraging kids to go to Nipawa we're encouraging to go. kids to, do, to go to Carmen, you know, yeah. and Morden. Um, that, these are know. the areas I grew up in, right? So Nibua, Carmen. Like, I, I literally spent my whole uh, sports career playing in those areas, right? Like Carmen, yeah. Nibua. Like, go, going up to Roblin. Going up right. to Thompson. Going up to Thompson. I love Thompson. We were up in Thompson. It was, like, the middle of, like, it, snow had stopped, and it was snowing up in Thompson. Or, and it was, like, blizzarding in Thompson. We're like, wait, what? 
And we got <laughs> we came out of that. We're about to go play badminton. This is like badminton season, so it's already like you know we're already past spring, and so we're coming out, and it's just blizzard everywhere. There's white everywhere. Yeah. You can just see everyone's face just go depressed. We're like, we just went through this. Like, do we have to go through this again? <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's one of the things we have to encourage kids um, to look outside of the perimeter of Winnipeg. You know, there is a going business community, a huge business community in southwestern Manitoba that we have. Um, they would reach out to the states before they would reach out to us for engineering support. Um and it's not because we're not looking toward them, but it's kind of a mutual thing. We're scared of them. They're scared of us. So the best way to break that is uh, a co-op student. Yeah. You know, uh, a co-op student can have a huge impact on a, an, an industry um, because they bring such skill. Um, right. I have I've rarely, very rarely been had a student you know, disappoint their employer or disappoint me. Um, right. It's always, I always brag about, uh, about you folks that uh, engineering students are always an asset, a special asset for any company. How and, does and I've always been proved right. Like everybody has said, I just got off yesterday with an employer who said, you recommended that kid. They were great. <laughs> um, you know, of course they were like, I yeah. hear this all the time. So really that award from aerospace engineering is all because the co-op students that we put in aerospace companies do such a great job. So I wish that it didn't have only my name on it. It just does. So um, that one I kind of hold in trust for everybody else, really. So how long have you been the director of co-op? Funny enough, April 1st, 2011. Wow. So it was an April Fool's joke. <laughs> Dang, that's a lot. So you've, been, so you've been at it for a long time. Almost like, 10 years, yeah. 10 years almost. Wow. <laughs> Have you, has has your perspective of the co-op program changed? Like, did you go through it? Did you go through it back when you uh, were in school? It wasn't available. It was available the next year. The year so after you graduated? Yep. No, wow. I, no, the year after I started. So kids who started in 1985 had co-op and I started in 1984. So, oh, so you, even though you started in 84, you weren't able to get into the co-op program. No. Wow. No. That's, that's crazy. So back in those days, we had very kind of regimented smaller programs. So they were a little bit exclusive. Um, they were not as concerned with having as many placements as they could. They were concerned with having a good cohort and placing that whole cohort cohort. Um, you know, that there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's just a different vision, right, than what we have today. So in 2011, we, we set out on this crazy vision. Dean Beddoes at the time, he just was starting. Mm-hmm. So the dean before him had actually appointed me and, and may have appointed me because he thought it was a really hard job that no one else would want to do. Yeah. So, um, so Dean Beddoes and I kind of crafted this vision of trying to get as many students involved in cooperative education as we could and place as many students as we could. And back at that time, he told me that by 2020, he wanted me to place 500 students, like have 500 placements. Wow. So we reached that in 2018, which is how spectacular the co-op IRP team is. 
we had five we had five thirty six in in twenty eighteen and in twenty nineteen we had five twenty three. Now that is now crazy. The pandemic is kicking the crap out of us, yeah. right? And we were down thirty percent. But our biggest employer is Manitoba Hydro, and they're not hiring anybody, not even students right now. Wow. That's so that's a big kick in the pants. That's more than ten so percent right there. So for everyone in the co-op program this year, like including me. So we could be expecting like not a lot then. Although I just had, you know, the consulting groups are going crazy. Yeah. They're hiring tons of people. And I'm going to tell you, those folks in southwestern Manitoba, they're going. Like manufacturing has recovered remarkably well. See, what we I, have to do is get the message out to people. And yeah. we need students to do it too, right? We need students knocking on doors. We need to teach you how to job search how to find opportunities, how to use what we call happenstance. Yeah. If you happen to get an opportunity, this could be your ticket, right? So being open to those opportunities and those, those things that just come your way and taking advantage of them and learning from them. So, you know, for example, if you were a biosystem student, if you had an opportunity to work even just part-time in an elderly person's care home right now because they're hiring a lot of people, Doing things like cleaning or screening patients when they come in and out, you will learn a lot about the healthcare system. Yeah. Uh, you know, and a lot about taking care of people and what is an engineer's goal? Yeah, to protect the public. So, this is all good information, right? It's a unique experience that could really help you if you were maybe you wanted to work for a company that makes medical supply equipment. There's going to be a bunch of those more in Canada, right? We're trying to be self-sufficient with our medical, and, you know, PPE and stuff. And tech part of, uh, they're part of price industries. They make, uh, they make the hospital beds. I, uh, yep. I see it this past summer, like not past summer. I want to say like the past four months I've been hacking at companies. Like I've been calling day in, day out, trying to see if I can get a <laughs> co-op placement. Because, but the problem that I've been encountering is they said your experience is what you're lacking. Like with price industries, with price industries, like I applied to Antex at a design assistant position open for a co-op student. They're looking for anyone. It was open yeah. for like months and I applied months ago and I was like, hey, I applied. And they said, we looked at your resume. You're on the short list. I was like, okay. They're, well, that's so good. I was like, okay, that's a, they said, you have to take the wins you get, right? You can't yes. always the job, right? I'm like, that, that makes sense. I got an interview for an electrical engineering position, but they were like, oh, you're a mechanical engineering student. I don't think this would work out unless you want to drop out of school for a year and come work with us and we'll teach you everything. And that's like, do I want to let go of my education for a year or do I, should I focus Maybe. How good like, of an opportunity is it? it it's good. I but mean, I those, those are a lot trucks? of things, right? Like fire truck? Oh, that, they oh want Fort Gary fire with, truck? No, it was a uh, Wawanisa fire trucks. So oh, okay. I mean, so they wanted me to come and work on their fire trucks for electrical circuits. And I was like, well, you know, it, that's okay because, you know, mechanicals do a lot of electrical stuff. You got to right. remind them that you actually learn how to program, you know, PLCs and stuff like that, that it's not going to be as foreign to you as they think it is. You know, right. with the silos aren't that, that, you know, br Different. small, you no. know, it's, it's not that you only learned about fluid flow or something like that or, um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I can't, I can't necessarily advise you what I would do. Yeah. Um, 
but but the thing but the thing I kept running into because a lot of my, my friends like I went to the job fair like I I have been we've been reaching out to people like we've been trying to see what they want so my main focus is trying to learn what kind of things that they they want to like they want in that company for example Coke we have a big industry in uh, Brandon called the Coke fertilizer so they're huge they're massive and yes they hire co-op students every year yes they and, do they hire but are you in the co-op program. I am in right now, yeah. Okay. I, they, well, I just applied. I finished my You just applied. Okay. Because yeah. they'll actually post. They often post. So right. they'll put up a posting, and that's a really good chance for you to apply because as someone who they're targeting their outreach to, yeah. they'll want to hear from you. Um, but uh, sorry, I, I didn't let you finish. No, it's okay. Well, so I was talking to their hiring manager, and their hiring manager is like, do you, have, do you have experience in the industrial field, right? And I'm like, okay, how do I get that experience in the industrial field? He's like, oh, get a co-op job. And I said, this is what I'm talking to you about. And he's like, see, that's the, he's like, that's where it comes difficult, right? He's like, unless you're like, you're born and raised on a farm, or unless you're like, you have someone in the industry, it's really hard for even for you to volunteer at an industrial uh, place where you can get that experience because of the liabilities that a uh, person comes yeah. with. And I said, yeah, and he's like, especially with COVID now, like yeah. you, no one's really hiring. So he said, it's really hard to get that experience. But he said, you know, you never, you, you never know, you might get lucky. He's like, apply for everything. You never know. Maybe the employ- uh, hiring manager will like you for who you are and the abilities that you bring that it might be just the luck of the draw at that point. Yeah. And even the one that you, if, if you didn't get it at that uh, place that made the hospital beds, what was that? Am, Amtech. Amtech. Um, they might know your name. So if you apply yeah. again, all right, they might, and price is going crazy. They're so busy, right? Um, yeah. They, they are definitely going busy. Their sales went way up because the, some of their equipment is very compatible to to um, making space for for um, an infectious disease to be controlled, right? The, so they have a lot of quasi medical equipment. So that's important. I feel like Price hires a lot of co-op students too. They always have a lot of open. Yeah, like, they absolutely always, do. They absolutely big, do. They're a big supporter of the university co-op program. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, Dr. Price is is very clear that he supports that. So twenty million dollars um, was it? <laughs> that is to increase enrollment because he wants more of you. Wow. He wants there to be more of you. And he's right, right? We haven't even touched. If we if we really got embedded in the southern Manitoba, southwestern Manitoba um, manufacturers, we wouldn't have enough engineers to give them what they need anyway. Dang. Right? So that's why it's kind of been, well, really? And, you know, well, I'm only going to get one or two applicants. You know, well, they, of- they want 10. Is there a lot of companies in the southwest uh, Manitoba? Sure there are. There's all kinds of equipment manufacturers. There's all kinds of ag processing companies. Um, there's See, I, I, I got lucky. So the job that I'm doing right now that I got hired as a part-time, uh, I'm, I do, I'm doing the business and resource food industry. So I work for them as a business analytic and a communications assistant. So I get the opportunity to talk to all these big companies. food. <laughs> And I get to talk to their hiring managers and uh, CEOs, and I get to part and their partners, and I get to talk about them on how, on how they started their business and how they scaled and how they uh, transitioned to yeah. other things. So I think I got really lucky with this job because I was just going over my uh, just an hour ago. They're explaining to me what my job would entail, and they're like, "Hey, you get to talk to the biggest CEOs of the biggest food processing companies in Manitoba," and they said this is the best way to bi- build a connection. Yeah. They said if you can make an impression on them. It might be long lasting and you might find yourself working for them in the yeah. near future. 
So I think I think it comes down to luck of the draw. But it's uh, not even just egg; it's uh, furniture manufacturing, uh, win- cabinet manufacturing, um, windows, doors. You know, there's all kinds of places like that down there. See, now you think about that, I those things never occurred in my mind, right? You never think of like an engineer would need to manufacture a door or an engineer might need to manufacture a window. But then you realize, wow, everything has to go through a process and a process requires a machine and a machine requires an engineer. And if there's... If or there's even my, just the process does. It, exactly. The design process that we learn in four, uh, end 1460 or 1450, I mean. 30, that 30, 30, 1430, 30. yeah, 1430, where the design process is so important that Dr. Pascal nails yeah. on every single day. Yeah, well, I mean, think of it, a door it has safety considerations. Right. A lot of safety considerations. That's Windows true. have a lot of, like, life safety considerations. Not just safe operating, but life safety. So, yeah, there's, I mean, that's, uh, it's a thing. It's crazy. <laughs> it's a thing. Forces are such a big impact on like everything that we need now. Like in our, especially as we go, get older. Like I was a few days ago, I was working on like this little uh, project, and I was like, oh, I need to actually design this. Like I need to actually figure out my step one to step zero, uh, step Z, like A to Z. I need to figure out what I'm gonna need to do to actually do this. Like we were, uh, especially this podcast. When I started this, I was like, okay. Great, I got I got a I got a website I can host my podcast on. That's a start. And then I was like, oh, but what is my process going to be on how I can scale this or on how I can actually go about doing this? So then I was like, okay, let's start calling people. Started calling people back and forth, back and forth. And a lot of no's, a lot of no's, because you you know you don't have that kind of ability to get really like I I was talking to one of the CEOs of a really big startup. I I think it's called Thinkic. Think it. It's okay. like a Canadian. It's a Canadian startup, and they're rated number eight in the world. Wow. It's crazy. They're so huge, and I'm like, Canada has a startup that big. I was like, oh, I wonder if I can get in contact with their CEO. But everyone's busy. It's like you, they're like, oh, how much following do you have? What kind of like bases are you like asking us to do this podcast? Like, you know, you're right. Like, I don't, I can't give you what you know. Do anything you have in a following? No, Not that's yet? the thing. You got to build one. That's the that, that's where I haven't even released that's my first That's why episode. I say yes cuz I'm not worried about it. I'm actually hoping yeah. nobody sees it. <laughs> yeah. But I guess I guess for a lot of companies they have to you have give and take, right? Everything comes yeah. at the end is give and take. So, which is really cool. But yeah. I have a question. What what brought you into the engineering? You know, like when you were in high school, when you were doing your high school and graduating, what what was like engineering is what I want to do? So, I'm a little bit weird this way but um I decided as a small girl young girl a young girl in the 70s early 70s that I was going to be um an engineer and it might have even still been the 60s because my dad was an engineer and he talked to me about it a lot um he he told me what engineers do that they were problem solvers that they used math and science um and he introduced math and science to my sister and I right as little ones you know we did experiments we took things apart and stuff like that um so I knew right from very very young um my husband tells the story that uh, we met when we were in grade seven and he only learned one thing about me that day and that's that I was going to be an engineer so it was top of mind all the time um Especially in so, the 60s. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was late 60s. 
66. So yeah. by the time I was five, it was like 1970. Yeah. Well, even the 70s and 80s, like you think about it, for a girl to be an engineer, that was rare. Sure. Oh, there were not a lot of us. Like we were 10% in our wow. class, for sure. What What is it now? Um, it's, uh, it's more like 20. Right. More like 20, 25. That's yeah. not a lot. That's not a lot of a difference. It's not enough. It's no. not enough, right? If you get the same opinion about the same, about the same, like about a problem, get the same opinion about yeah. a problem. How are you going to fix it? Like if you only have one opinion, you have 10 people with the same opinion, the same point of view, the same ideas, the same experiences, you know, they were all athletes. They were all, um, played little Lego. They were all, you know, we need to broaden our perspective. Right. We need some people who learned engineering through cooking or sewing or, painting or music because all of those things have engineering pieces to them yeah right you're creating you're designing you're like all of that so yeah it's it's we we're getting stuck on problems because we we can't solve them i'm not answering your question am i did well, I answer it <laughs> you did, you did. Well, yeah. well how how did you get to think about like oh engineering was it like, you knew right from the beginning see i knew right from the beginning yeah see, so me, i didn't know till the last minute I didn't even accept my engineering thing till August. It's yeah. over in June. I accepted mine in August. It was like August first. I was sitting there. I was gonna be either computer. I was either gonna do computer science because it was close by. It's like in UBU, right? Or I was like, do I really want to move to Winnipeg? And it was like, oh, I can do engineering there. And I, and I sat down. And my, well, the one thing my dad told me, it still stuck to me. Like, get a professional degree. If you have a professional degree under your belt, you people will actually care what you have to say. You will have a voice. It doesn't matter where you go. And you know what? That kind of stuck with me. I'm like, hey, even if I do politics or anything in the future, if I have an engineering degree, people will actually take me seriously more than a person who shows up with an arts degree. Not saying arts degrees are bad, but for a person who has more education in an, especially in an experience where, for example, I do want to do business in the future and I do get in a, and people will hire me on the basis of, oh, he has an engineering degree and he is an MBA. So he's more oh, educated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, any any company I ever worked for, guess what the CEO was? A PNG MBA. Yeah, those That's are the, the ticket. But work, work and get your PNG first, right? And then go yeah. get your, P, your of course, MBA. Yeah, yeah. Like doing some work is really valuable. People think that, oh, I can learn about work in academia. No, no, you, no you can't. It's, Not it's because a lot of companies pay to get your MBA. Like Dr. Petkow, yeah, he sure. got it paid by his company that yeah. he worked but it's it's crazy that there's a lot of way people think it's like like as as growing up I uh, there, I had a lot of friends that were like I grew up in a small town so you could tell people that were that were athletic and people that were not athletic and people that but everyone did the same things like you would have a very athletic student that was still smart in the class that was because you only had 10 kids in the class and everyone was it was really interesting to see because we all played sports in my class I had 11 kids and 10 out of 11 of us, we played sports. We all played nice. everything, hockey, volleyball, soccer, badminton. And we were okay at it. Like, we were average. And there'd be one person who excelled at it. Mm -hmm. And and then everyone would be decently smart. Everyone would have an average of, like, 80. Or then there'd be one person, again, one ex exceptional student that would have, like, a 90 right. or 100% right. average. And then you realize that, okay, so now we've done this. Now everyone would get a job in the summer. Everyone would get a job in the summer. And it's like... The athletic kid and the academic kid would both be looking at the same job and be like, huh, how do you do this? I didn't learn it in school. I didn't learn it on a team. And you both be looking at the same job. It's like, no, you yeah. got to learn 
on the job. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, those things are great to have as qualities, but when you get on the job, you can't do it without them telling you what you need to do. Well, you're there to learn, right? And for a lot of people, they don't understand learning outside of an academic environment. Or an athletic environment. And that's where cooperative education comes in, right? We help you understand how to learn in a, in a job environment instead of in an academic environment kind of bridges the gap so especially with that 10 percent of women so what was your first year like was it all um you you know i i made friends with uh male students some of whom i knew because they had played volleyball either against or with my husband um my husband was playing volleyball at u of w at the time Oh, wow. Um, and he, well, he wasn't my husband yet. I actually got married after second year. So he was for part oh, of the time. But, wow. That was fast. <laughs> but not the whole time. Yeah. But um, so I made friends with students who lived in my neighborhood. I started a carpool. Yeah. Okay. So smart. I went to, I went to, um, uh, uh, there was a, a kid from Windsor Park um, in my carpool, a kid from Kildonan East, a kid from Miles Mac, and I had gone to MBCI. Yeah. So we we dropped the kid off from Windsor Park, and then the rest of us went back to East Kildonan and and um, and drove. So that's um, you know how I made friends. I I m- definitely made friends with the other female students as well, yeah. but not exclusively because none of them lived in my end of town. You know, right. and we used to stay at school pretty late. Um, particularly after I got married, I would stay every day till 11. The carpool got to school for 8.30 class and we went home at 11. That's just what we did. You know, so we studied together a lot and I studied together with lots of the other female students too. And some of them are still, you know, I still reach out to once in a while and we have a conversation. But so, um, you know, I'm not a, I guess I was ready for it. Yeah. I was ready for it. People had been laughing at me my whole life because I wanted to be yeah. an engineer. So I wasn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't you feel made. torn down or oppressed or put aside. I did have some uncomfortable experiences once I started work. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I was, I was resilient enough that it didn't crush me. Some of my classmates, uh, some of my female classmates were crushed. Yeah. They were crushed when they left and they left the profession. Um, the thing, the thing was the scene. So the scene was very different as it is now, right? Like how? Oh yeah, they had Godiva. They had, I mean, the UMES was just like led the misogyny. Like it was just was, all dudes, just all dudes. It was all, yeah, it's just yeah. But by the time I got to yeah, but the turn of that was in my graduating year. They had the first female senior stick. Wow, Irene Mikawas. That's um, true. Yeah. So she she did an excellent job. She she made a lot of changes and positive things, and not just for the female students, but for everybody. Everyone, yeah. Because so. the scene engineering, like my first experience of engineering, like Enjo, Enjo was a great experience. I was like, wow, you know, there's this many people that are interested in stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah. And then for me, I guess I got lucky because I got in into Enjo, and every second face was someone I'd already met. Or there was a lot of people that yeah. I'd already met from sports. I'd already played yes. against them. So I got really lucky with like kid, uh, on that fact because, oh, they're out of town. and be like, yeah, I know yeah. you. We played soccer together. Or it was super – it was nice uh, that way. But, yeah, and I think I think for me coming from out of town and li- having to like 
live uh, live in like Winnipeg again for the first time in ten years, and especially on my own, it was definitely it was definitely a shock to me because yeah. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting. Can't imagine. I, I wasn't expecting to like having to cook and like being able mm-hmm. to like maintain all this stuff. And then on top of that, trying to be social, like trying to socialize and everything. Then I'm like, I understand why people say engineers don't shouldn't really socialize much because there's just so much studying. But I was yeah. I think after time you start to like get a grasp yeah. of how much what you're capable of and what you can uh what you can produce and what you can do. And I think a major course that helped was especially en- 1430 yeah i made one of my my best friends came from edge 1430 like that that group environment that you work with like almost every weekend yeah these projects i think give a good like good bonding like unless you didn't really get along with your group but that's hard because you're stuck with them anyway so you might as well get along with and i ended up with a really good straw like i ended up with really nice really good people that were really smart and that really wanted like they enjoyed what they did it's fun yeah that's good i'm glad Glad to hear that. You know, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. You said, so my daughter is, um, she's graduating grade 12 and she plans on applying to the faculty of engineering, uh, the price faculty of engineering, pardon me. Oh yeah. Um, well let's be more specific, like not just anywhere. Yeah. Um, so she's planning on applying, like we're going to, we were going to sit down with the application this, this weekend. Do you apply? You apply before the end of November, right? Is that the deal? Yes. Yes. And no, okay. it's before March, right? Well, yeah, November. I think it's November. Yeah, I think it might be November. Yeah. Especially Whatever. For scholar- We're doing it this week. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing yes. it this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting. Exciting. That's all. That's all. It is. You know, I never really pushed it with her, but she went to one of the Wise Kinetic Energy um, Enjo events. Oh, wow. Uh, no, uh, not Enjo. Go Eng Girl. Sorry, Go Eng Girl, yeah. that uh, Wise Kinetic Energy runs. So I blame Nusrat Masood. Nusrat Masood is why. Uh, why she wants um, to engineering. Yeah, she wants to go into engineering. And not Nusrat directly, but the students that were there working. That, they're, that energetic, they're an energetic bunch. Like the yeah. girls in UMES are energetic as heck. Like they, yeah. they, they, they love what they do. I think everyone in UMES loves what they do. And then you become yeah. a little family in UMES. I got lucky joining UMES in my first year. I'm happy I did because everyone there is so helpful. Doesn't matter who yeah. you go to. Like you go to talk to someone, they're like, "Yeah, you know, if you need help, just come to talk to us. You're struggling with a course, we'll help you." And it's just like such a nice environment that was just nice to go into and talk to people and just yeah. like around a bit. But yeah. What was your question? Pardon me. What was your question? You My question a... was if I was supposed to be in doing it now or if I've waited too late because oh, you know early I'm a t- I'm, I'm, my my kids always say that they always feel sometimes like they come last, right? Yeah. So, no, no. Earlier uh, the better. Uh, my sister is applying. She's in grade twelve. My sister's oh, in there. Yeah. yeah, she's uh, ex- uh, so I have to sit down with her and we uh, we have to start seeing where she wants to go to school and what she wants to do. Okay. And I think she wants, I think she wants to be a doctor. So we'll see what well, she does. Well, biosystems engineering is a good pre degree. There are several examples of that, right? Yeah. And uh, one of the guys who graduated from mechanical two years ago, he's a, he's in medicine now. That's um, a lot of schooling. <laughs> it is, but it's a really good pre-degree and it's a really good um, backup to have because there's no guarantee you get into med school the first time. Yeah, of course. Um, and you, but you can get experience in the in a professional capacity in the medical community before you you know while you're waiting to get in. Especially so, if you have a job, like if you need to get a high, like a decently paying good job. You, 
you have a mechanical engineering degree. Like, right. And you also, I mean, if you're applying to an institution, the fact that you're already a professional right, is yeah. pretty important, right? Especially, especially if he wants to be like an astronaut. Man, that dude's on there. You got an yeah. engineering degree. You got a doctor, a doctor degree. You have to be an engineer, yeah. Like, you're good. You might as well be an astronaut at this point after you complete that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I do know someone who uh, used to work used to work with us in uh, the Center for Engineering Education and Professional and uh, what is it? Professional Engineering Professional Practice and Engineering Education, the, the center. Yeah. You know where that is? Yeah. Anyways, uh, it used to be called the Design Center, so I keep thinking of it that way, but uh, he worked there and he works on the Mars simulation for NASA. Wow, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. That is very yeah. impressive. He's been doing that for years, like at least eight years. Dude sounds so. like Mark Rober from YouTube. Yeah. Mark yeah, Rober. Like that. that guy is pretty cool. But um so, okay, you probably have questions for me. Yeah. And so we're running out of time already. Yeah, it's just so flying when you, by. When you got onto your first job, you said like it was difficult, yeah. right? Like what kind of challenges did you face on that? Is it just uh like predecessors? Uh, you mean on like like my summer jobs leading up to my job? My no, first job first, or my first, first job, job working? Your first job working. Okay. My first job working, the interview was held in the operations manager's office. And he, I entered the office. Uh, there was just the two of us. And he asked me to close the door. And there was a full poster of a naked woman on the back side of the door. So wow. full life size. Um, and I closed the door and I sit down. So he's looking at her for my entire that, interview. That's messed up. It's messed up. It's really messed up. And that shouldn't happen. You know, so for me, I was the kind of like, like yeah, yeah. pardon me, but you're not going to win with that, with That's that move. That's not going to affect me, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but a lot of women would have been horrified yeah. and wouldn't have been able to properly represent themselves at that interview. So here's the thing, though. I outlasted that guy. Yeah. He was gone within a couple of years. Right. So. Yeah. These are not the rock stars that are no. doing this. These are people who are fighting for their place, who are holding on to old ways, who, you know, those kinds of things. That's who that guy was. Yeah. So, um, and I guess I could tell that just by looking at him and then seeing that. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, come on. What do you think this is? That's, that's just messed up. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that was back in the 80s, right? That was back in the 80s, late 80s. Yeah. Wow. But yeah. I, I'm not sure a whole, well, before I left that job, I would say that, like, so the maintenance guys used to have those posters in their yeah. places. So I didn't go to the maintenance shop, but they had to work with me all the time and they had to come to my office. Yeah. So, you know, I win. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, you thought you thought you, you know, that that was, this would bother me, but it doesn't bother me. I'm just not going to tolerate it. Exactly. Um, yeah. And fortunately, usually the HR people will, will stick up for you like will will support you but it shouldn't have to happen so it just shouldn't have to happen no that's that's just not that's not cool especially now no one could get away with it now you cannot do that in an office space in 2020 and get away with that you know you'd think that but people just find sneakier ways to do it so i'm sure it's still happening yeah there's well look at the u.s right (laughs) Yeah, how do you think a president can be elected like that? Actually, I was just watching the results. I'm no, don't looking. even tell me. I don't even want to know. 
I, I, it's not, it's really tight, but it's just, it's, it's crude to see that, you know, society still hasn't evolved as, as a no. whole. Well, I think they're devolving. Yeah. Especially if you look at, if you, we talk about the Western culture, right? The Western culture is what everyone in the world looks at because America is like the pedestal of what every country kind of yeah. wants to be. And it's but ridiculous. Why? Because it's ridiculous because you look at, I'm talking about third world countries and stuff like this happens, but it's getting better there. People are evolving there in third world countries. They're getting better and the people are re- yeah. getting more educated. But then you look at Western culture and then it's like, wow, we're decreasing. We're becoming what they are and they're trying to become what we are. It's just like, yeah. it's, just, it's, just, it's a weird, weird. out in the world. I just think we should build a wall now. <laughs> like yeah, we'll even pay yeah. for it. Let's just build the wall. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> China did great. Yeah. China was smart. Yeah. (laughs) But they needed that. So when you got your iron ring, so how was that? Relief that you're done? Uh, You know, it was a very special evening for me because my dad came with me. He took me for dinner. It used to be a closed ceremony, so only people who were obligated engineers could come. So... um, yeah, it was a very special that special evening, and it really hit home for me. So at that time uh, in the 80s was right when the Ocean Ranger had happened. So oh, wow. a lot of a lot of, of um, communications on what went wrong and how it went wrong, a lot of that uh, fed into um, what was happening in our community, and they talked about it a little bit, I remember, at the ceremony. And, um, you know, my iron ring, it never comes off my finger. Unless it's like a medical thing yeah. or something. Um, I wear it all the time. Some people don't wear theirs all the time. I wear it absolutely all the time, 100% of the time. And um, it's important to me. It's who I am. So, so after, it was. It really after, felt good. Especially since in a time where, you know, women did, weren't a lot of the, graduating with engineering degrees. It was like, this was your medal of honors. Like, I did it. I did what people said I couldn't do, right? Yeah. I achieved so was yeah. it still the same back then where, like, a person with an iron ring could only present with you with an iron ring? Yeah. So your dad yeah. is the one who presented you with yours? Yeah. That's yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, and lots of kids do that now. I mean, still, they always uh, – uh, most of the kids who know to do it will will ask someone to give them their iron ring. So I gave an iron ring to – who was your TA? Was Shalom your TA? Oh, Shalom, yeah. I, I gave was, her her iron ring. I took pictures there. Yeah. I was at iron ring ceremony. Yeah, so I uh, I I gave her her iron ring. I've given a few of the TAs that I've worked with iron rings. Um, yeah, I'm waiting. I have some nieces and nephews who are in yeah. the faculty, as you know, and okay, so I'm waiting to I'm wait I'm waiting to uh, give them iron rings someday. Maybe I'll get to give Messi's a, a iron ring. What's really nice is um, when kids are in there and they haven't asked someone, yeah. and because I'm an obligated engineer, I can give any of them an iron Not ring. Here. So I'll often just often just say, Hey, do you have someone would you like me to give you know, some of them say, No, thanks, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but that's okay. That's okay. I don't I know some <laughs> for some people for some people I'm not their favorite folks. So it's okay. But for some people it's really meaningful to have someone who knew them. Yeah. Who knew their face, who who marked their papers, yeah. give them their iron ring. So I'm or happy to do that for them. The or who've Pardon been around me? Like not a lot of people know people with engineer like who have an engineering degree, right? Yeah. I think 
I don't. I think no. in my family, like well, I have engineers, but they're people that didn't graduate from the U of M that don't have the ring, right? And that's the thing, right? They have to be a graduate of the University of Manitoba. No, uh, they have to be a graduate of a university in Canada that has a camp. So we are a part oh, of Camp okay. Eight. But you can apply. So Dr. Paluwal, for example, did not get his in undergrad in Manitoba, but he yeah. applied and got an iron ring in, because he said he was going to be living and working in Manitoba. So he got okay. an iron ring. The IWQ graduates, I believe, get iron rings. I'm pretty sure. IWQ? What's that? Internationally Educated Engineers Qualification oh, Program. Oh, yeah, that program that they ran. Yeah, yeah they still running it. It's, it's expanded. That's actually, it's that's actually a really cool program. because I, I know my uncle went through that program when he came from Pakistan. Okay. And he went through that program. My dad went through the International of Agriculture oh, program. Nice. That they ran that one year. I think they only ran it for a few years and then it stopped. And yeah, because yeah. it's hard and they couldn't do it. Yeah, it was super nice because my dad, we got, that was like another another lucky attempt, right? It, he was right. able to solidify his master's degree and work in Canada because of it. Nice. And that, that's pretty, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, like, the programs that are available for Canadians, especially in Manitoba, and, like, if you, like, I know how hard it is, I have a buddy, he did his uh, medical degree in China, he did it in China, and he came back to write the exams, he's been writing the, trying to write the exams for four years, like, it's so hard to do a oh. medical degree from outside, and yeah. then come here and trying to, from outside Canada, for sure, outside of Canada, yeah, which is crazy, People spend their whole lives trying to do that. Well, you know, so for engineering, we have what's called the Washington Accord. So there's a number of countries where we've, they've made, you know, say, yeah, ours are kind of equivalent to yours, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So we, they're automatically recognized, but there's a number of countries that aren't. Uh, the Philippines, for example, is not. And honestly, some some of the universities in the Philippines are legit and some of them, Yeah. I, won, I wonder. People wonder, yeah. You can wonder. It's. I think that's the same thing with like Pakistan. Like in back home, my country, we had a scandal for uh, airplanes pilots. We had yeah. an airplane pilot scandal, and half the people pilots were fake. They were just like, yeah, it was corporate. It was like corruption. They, they they just gave their literally class five license. They were like, yeah, you're good. You can fly a plane. And then after a big crash happened, they got started investigating. And they realized like two thirds, so half the pilots are fake licensed. They just got in because they have a family member that works for the airline, which wow. is messed up. Yeah, it's just corrupt countries are hard. Like, you got to start somewhere, but it, you really destroy a country's reputation that way. Like, like, yeah. And then they stopped flying PIA, like Pakistani International Airline. Countries stopped letting them in. Like, Germany stopped letting them in. And, like, other US, England said no. And, like, the U.S. said no. And it was just ridiculous. Yeah. People trying to get back home couldn't come back home because they had to go on these really sketchy other airlines so it just became it was a Dude. whole it's a whole show there yeah yeah but after so you were in the industry for how long how long did you work in the industry 15 years 15 years mm-hmm. and what was the one thing you missed about the industry well i loved the work yeah the work was fantastic um uh so i was at the time i retired from industry it's actually due to uh, i have a chronic condition right well we've talked about this in yeah. class right yeah. i have multiple sclerosis and i just couldn't be active enough to be able to do the work that i needed to do so um i was quality assurance manager for four plants two of yeah. them automotive and two that made um, silencers for gen sets wow 
So, and boats, I guess, but whatever, um, like big ships. Yeah. Um, but, um, and then I was supposed to be taking on the environmental management side as well. So quality and environmental management. And uh, it's, it, I was traveling every two weeks to the States and it just got to be too hard for me physically. So, well, because you'd be walking through these large plants, you know, all day, every day. Right. And I actually, at the time was using a a walker. So um, I know it's hard to imagine eh, that I can't, I couldn't walk, but I couldn't walk. Uh, So the miracle of modern medicine you know, one of you yahoos is going to invent a way to get rid of MS. So thanks yeah. for that. Just keep working. Keep working. One of you will do it. Just keep working. Um, so uh, it just got to be too much. And it was really hard on my family. So uh, at the time, I had two kids. Yeah. So, yeah. So you just had to step away from it. I just had to step away. And fortunately, actually, I don't know if you saw the announcement this morning, but you have a new dean. Yeah, who is the dean? I just got an email from Marcia Friesen, Dr. Friesen. So Dr. Friesen actually is, uh, she and I go to the same church, and we knew each other from high school, and she knew my dad, and uh, um, my dad taught her in high school. And uh, she said to me, you know, I know that you've just stepped away from industry, but we have this program called Engineers in Residence, and I think you'd be really good at it, and why don't you come talk to my boss? So at the time, I went to talk to Associate Dean uh, Britton, Ron Britton, yeah. and um, I thought I was just coming to find out some information, yeah. and he offered me a job. Wow. So, so our new dean is someone you went to high school with back in the day. No, she's 10 years younger than me. What? Yeah. That's crazy. She's a rock star. You guys are going to love her. She is a rock star. She's just she might, she might not have appreciated me disclosing her age, but we joke yeah. about it often. We joke about it that I'm an 80s and she's a 90s grad, right? So Wow, so she's going through life at like lightning speed, like Dean of Engineering at U of M. You That's know what? Cool. Yeah, but she is um she's brilliant. And not just academically. Yeah. She has empathy, she has um, social awareness. So some of her biggest um, assets are her ability to understand concepts of equity, diversity, and inclusion. Right. Um, her concept of reconciliation. Uh, yeah, she's she's just, you know, when we, she's not just book smart. Yeah. And no, she no. is. She yeah. is. Bye. <laughs> By every standard available on this earth, she is book yeah. smart. Wow. Um, but she's so much more than that. I am so incredibly pleased. That, that's exciting. Yeah. Exciting. And I'll wait to meet her. She seems, was she a professor before that? Uh, she had, she's an adjunct professor in electrical. She um, has been director of the center for a few years now. She yeah. was the director of the, of the IWQ program. But more than that, she was the founder. Like, she set wow. up the program. She developed it. She set it up from a pilot program to a program. That, that, is, that would have like, been about part of the 10 years ago. That would have yeah. been about well, years. Yeah. Well, so, I've been here for 15 years. She started doing it when I started, which is about 15 years ago. So, so that was in her prime. So basically, in, like, she's still in her yeah. prime. But basically, she like, when she first started. She is a force. She yeah. is a force. Let me tell you. So basically, she engineering can be expecting a lot. So we can expect a lot of changes. 
maybe well, in the future. You know, I think you can expect greatness, but her yeah. plans, I think, have more to do with incremental change than mass change. Ah. She thinks incremental improvements are more effective, and she's right. She, incremental improvements yeah. are more effective, little, even little, though they take longer. Yeah. So a step function change may only take two years, but it doesn't hold as well as as, as um, little incremental changes that get to the same place, yeah. but maybe in four years instead of two years. It's right? a rock solid foundation. Is it yeah. if you take that as like you know when you're trying to glue something together, and then you 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 do like that, you take one of those like big glues and you just like spray everything yeah. over the top, <laughs> and like boom, and it sticks for the first day, and then it falls apart. <laughs> But then if you take your time and like actually go over each thing back and forth and then put it, it sticks right. for way longer than just a day. Exactly. That's a great analogy. She'd so like that's, that. that's actually pretty cool. I'm excited. Yeah. I, yeah. I she's a, she's going to be great. She's really going to be good. And she's going to be good for the students. She has, like I said, she has a very highly developed um, uh, social awareness. That's, very highly developed. Especially since... Is, Especially in the times that we live in, social social awareness, yeah. everything. That's cool. We have a fem- like a woman dean, everything. That's that's gonna be really exciting. It is. It's a perspective, it's totally right? rocking. It's, it's a totally rocking. Perspective to everything. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, yeah, that actually answered a lot of my questions. <laughs> so listen, you didn't let me tell my first story. How did I get oh. my first job? I got my first job because when I was just finished my first year, my I, I approached my uncle. So I took initiative, yeah. approached my uncle who, who was running a window manufacturer at the time, a small one. And I said, Uncle Bill, I need a job and I'd like to work for you. And, yeah. and he said, well, what kind of engineer are you going to be? And I said, mechanical. He says, I know the job for you. You're going to work on the shop floor and you're going to learn yeah. a lot about manufacturing. And I said, great, let's do it. He said, it's going to be dirty and it's going to be a lot of really hard work. Yeah. Now, at the time, I didn't know I had MS then. So I said, yeah. I love hard work. Let's do it. Um, so I built windows. I worked every day. I got sore and tired and and um, it was really hard work, but it was really rewarding work. Right. I got to be introduced to all kinds of high level manufacturing concepts. I had a great supervisor there and uh, like a shop floor supervisor. Right. Um, and it set me up. I could say on my in the 80s, yeah. I could say I knew about one piece flow. I knew about lean manufacturing. Right. I knew about just in time. I knew about um, quick exchange of dyes. I knew about all of those things because I had done them. Because yeah. you had that, that hand on experience for it. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a number of those opportunities actually for co-op students too, where they can work for some of our industry partners right right on the shop floor and learn, like learn what it is. Yeah. What engineers are so you're taking people's engineering work and doing it. Yeah. And how better to learn how to make that communication, how better to learn what what you need to know or what mistakes you should avoid. And yeah. Yeah. And so that was fun. yeah, that that yeah. hard work was the start of my career. That's it's crazy because for a lot of uh, engineering students, what comes in mind is reports. You don't actually think about doing the actual yeah. labor part of it. Don't want to get dirty. Don't want to yeah. get dirty. I don't want to like, get dirty. I got these really expensive get dirty. Shoes. I don't want them to get dirty. I spent a thousand dollars on them, and, then that, <laughs> and then that's when you realize maybe a thousand dollars for a pair of sneakers is a little too much. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's ridiculous how much how it, you got to give it to them for a clothing brand that literally sells nothing but like a plain t-shirt for like 200 bucks that's impressive that they were able to market it in such a way that they could be one of the most uh known brands in the world yeah did you ever see that hassan nalji thing on on supreme it was one of his first uh you know he has that he has that netflix show patriot oh hassan minaj yeah hassan minaj sorry patriot act yeah it was one of the first ones with supreme he does Um, his uh, stuff on sneakers and all like all their stuff he was good i like patriot act yeah he got canceled yeah well he was only there for four seasons they only hired him for four seasons then it just didn't Uh, go but they didn't renew it they didn't renew it well, how much more could you gossip about the world, right? Oh, you already, right now, you could do a yeah, lot. A lot, yeah. But that's what you <laughs> have. That's what you have, like SNL and all these other talk shows for, just to make comedy of what's happening in America and the world. Yeah, because if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. Yeah, exactly. Especially in these times, like especially since Winnipeg's back in red zone, right? You guys are back yeah. in stuck in home. Yeah. That's, yeah. Bandit. You're not you're not in Winnipeg right now, are you? No, Brandon, Brandon, yeah. Okay, so you're in the orange. You we're, were in the red. Now you're back in the orange. Yeah, we're we're good. We're uh, but I don't even leave my house to be honest. There's not much to do outside anyway. A lot of my friends are like just stuck at home anyway. They're studying for midterms and stuff. They're like, nah, grades come first. And I said, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, we got reading week next week. So I don't know, maybe something fun. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Are you? Do you have midterms coming up? How are you doing this job when you have midterms? Oh, I have a uh, Friday. I have one. I had okay. all my midterms last week. Oh. So I had like four last week and I got them all done with. And then I just have one left, which is okay. Yeah, which is exciting. But uh, what kind of advice would you give to young students? Like, especially young engineers coming into the faculty or trying to come into the faculty? Um, you know, uh, to, in terms of career stuff? Yeah. To being open-minded, the more you close yourself off to one specific thing and only one specific thing, uh, the more opportunities you take away from yourself. And you may get to the same place. Yeah. You know, like don't, we always talk about kids want to want to stay in this column of knowledge, right? They only want to learn about that one thing. They only want to work in that one industry. Yeah. And when they get to the top, there may only be four or five jobs that really would fit. But you know who's going to get them is people who come from the outside and bring more knowledge in. So you got to stay open to to gaining knowledge anywhere. Yeah. Let's say you end up, you know, the only job you can get right now at this very moment is um, a McDonald's. Right. Well, notice things at McDonald's. McDonald's trains their employees very, very well for customer service. Empl- um, you know, the way they package things, the way their process flows. That's all engineering. Right. You know, if you've watched the show, the movie, it's on Netflix, The Founder. Oh, It's yes. about how the Ray Kroc stole McDonald's from the yeah. McDonald brothers, right? The but the McDonald brothers were amazing engineers. Yeah. They, they engineered everything from how much ketchup to put on a hamburger to what size the pickles should be. You know, uh, everything. And, and that has a huge effect on industry. So we have a potato processor, right, in Portage, yeah. McCain. And they process potatoes for for McDonald's, right? So McDonald's fries like have a uh, I think it's a point two is is it point zero two thousandths of an inch? That's their that's yeah that's their um their uh, uh, what do you call? No 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 that's what you're allowed to be off 
sorry, that's their, it's plus or minus, plus or minus. Oh, the uncertainty. uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, of their dimensions, of, of a, a, this, you know, this that's long precise. stick. That is This precise. long stick of potato that comes out of a potato, which has no standard shape. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's crazy. And, and the right? crazy part is people hate on the McDonald's fries, but they taste good. Well, you oh. get them, and they look good. They used good. to be better. They used to they, be better yeah, when you were still Yeah, it's salty, but they look good. Like, they look, when you get them, you're like, this is what fries should look like. And yeah. when you make them at home, you're like, this is not what I imagine. <laughs> I imagine the salty goodness from McDonald's. <laughs> not what I'm getting. It's like some yeah. kind of, like, rip-off marketplace at home. Yeah. You can't make that stuff at home. But, yeah, like, I feel like there's a lot of students that I talk to, like, especially kids in high school that are graduating like they're all like flustered like you get to grade 12 you've like you've done everything in high school you've basically achieved the greatest status in high school high senior year you come to senior year and then you, you start to realize it's like okay i didn't have any passions coming in here i don't know what i want to do i just know i want to make a good money how do i do that it's like you know what at the end of the day you can make good money doing anything that you love but how do you tell those students that engineering is the place for you? Like if you don't take about take out the money. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, engineering just can be applied to any industry. Right. Like there isn't an industry where there isn't some engineering or That's where true. engineering wouldn't make it better. Right. You know, so. So and it's a professional degree, like quoting your dad, yeah. it, you have a voice because you have a professional degree. Um it it just uh, it it applies to so many areas of life. See, I was I was in grade twelve and like I was trying to see like what I want to do right. August I chose, but the thing that scared me the most was uh, I had I had friends that were in engineering already. The the thing they would tell me it's hard, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like they would discourage you. <laughs> like we'd be it standing. Is hard. It, it's you know, I, I agree. I agree. It's difficult. Like I'm, I'm in it and I'm having like getting the A plus isn't as easy as I thought it would be or getting yeah. like a decent grade. And then no, but like the thing is that the discouragement is there. You know what I mean? Like they didn't, they didn't really uh, try to tell me about the good things about engineering, the parts of like, there's, it's a family or the a fact that you yeah. join or you'll have support. Like there's support groups for you out there. People yeah. are, you're not, you're not the only one in the same position. Everyone's in that same position. Like those are yeah. the kind of things that they didn't tell me. I, those are the things that I learned when I got in there. It's like, yeah. oh, you know what? I'm not the only one struggling. There's probably 50 other kids in this class in the same position as me. Yeah. If not more. And we're almost the perfect size, I would say. I mean, I know yeah. we are supposed to get a little bit bigger, which is fine. But um, we're not, you know, there's classes at the University of Saskatoon. 200 kids in a class that's in an engineering course wow is it is it that big the university of saskatoon's engineering i guess so wow that's crazy but that's crazy i mean well, we only we have, get those for the sciences classes right yeah I'm like but, we have 200 in chem and we don't have 200 in a like i have 40 students in my numerical methods class which is yeah, really exactly it's perfect which is super nice man she, like she, the the professor is so nice like she gives us Megan? yeah Megan. she's fantastic she's so good i had her for 1460 and she was amazing her notes are so clean i was like this is amazing and then numerical method she was she was better than i expected like way better than a 1460 and like the notes are clean it's concise she wants us exactly what we need to know for the exams and it's yeah. a programming class so uh me not being good at python if i have struggles like she's there to help us yeah. like Expect, yeah. Even though she doesn't have a TA helping her, like she's there till eight o'clock 
she it, our classes our labs are from six to eight and she's there from six to eight thirty helping us trying to solve our problems for us and with yeah us, which is those professors you cannot she's super dedicated yeah so like it's impressive like it's super nice to know like you know there's support there so like it's just i i think people get disheartened when they realize oh engineering oh that's hard but it's like no you know you have everyone has their own like skill set and not everyone is good at academics but it doesn't mean that you have to be an average student in academics and you can still get through engineering just fine yeah and you can still get a job and have a great career right exactly it's not, it's not only about the grades in engineering which is it's hard for some people you know well, why is it so hard if it's not only about the yeah, grades exactly. well because it's you have to learn hard stuff and you have to figure out how to learn hard stuff yeah. it's more right? problem solving than anything at the end of the day yeah. And it's, I don't think people, people don't realize it's like, oh, but I suck at that problem solving in math, but it's like, okay, but how good are you at problem solving at home? Can you solve a problem where like uh, you have to babysit someone and the person is like the the baby's choking or something. And like, can you problem solve during that situation? It's like, take that concept and put that into engineering, but do that for a machine or something else. And then there you go. Like you can be an engineer if you can problem solve little things. And that's how you grow. And people in grade 12 are not like you can't be in grade 12 and be a doctor. You can't go into a medical clinic. No, and you have to get a degree first. Exactly. You have to get a science what you, and you can't yeah. go and like, teach. So art that's why biosystems first. engineering is a preferred degree or mechanical engineering right. because you understand the equipment you're going to be working with. Exactly. It's just, I think, I don't, I, I think people don't realize the fact, I think that's why people get disheartened. It's like, oh, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. It's yeah. fo- four years, but it, it's like supposed to be four years, but it takes five or six anyway. Yeah. And it's like, hey, that's, <laughs> yeah, like you take your, you go at your pace and you do it and you learn a lot along the way and you have the support there with you. No one in engineering is out to get you. It's like, it's not a, it's not like you are, you're applying into a medical program where everyone's trying out to get you and try to get in because everyone needs that, like have a better GPA or something. We're in engineering. Everyone. Exactly. And everybody helps. Yeah. Everybody helps each other. That's how it is. But, and the biomedical student community or student group, the design group that they did very, very well this year. Right. I mean, they won their competition. They won. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I heard. So you, that's something your sister should, should know about too. Yeah. Anyways, but it's after 11. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, but go? yeah, that was, that was, huh? Do you have to go or? No, I don't. I'm good. I'm good. I don't have class okay. till 30. But yeah, okay. that was basically a lot of my questions. But yeah, I just, I think, I think having more people like interested in the field is like really cool because, you know, you, you succeed in one area and then you don't, you don't think you will succeed in another. But the main reason for this podcast is more like, okay, so you've succeeded in school. And then you went and you succeeded in your industry. But then how do you continue? Like after you retire from that industry, how do you continue on doing stuff in that field? You know? Oh, well, um, for a lot of people, it's changing from one company to another. So I'll give you an example of someone who I know who worked at the post office as an industrial engineer. So he was function. I mean, that's pretty serious process flow, moving mail around, right? Yeah. So he worked there for many, many years and retired. And then he went to go work in a smaller process industry. So I think he works now at Be Made Honey. So wow. processing honey, right? Yeah. So totally similar, you know, similar yeah. ideas, but totally different industries. So he's applying yeah. his skill from that one setting to this other setting. 
Um, so a lot of people do that, you know, they move, move to a, a smaller position or a part-time or a consulting position or, um, that kind of thing. A lot of people are working longer now. I mean, I'm not going to quit at 55. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because that's that's next year. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a, yeah. 50. I don't think there's like, what's, what's Pacquiao? Like Pacquiao's in his like 65. He's 10 years older than I am. Right. And he's still going at it. Like he's going strong. He called. Uh, No, no, no. He's retiring. He's retiring. Yes. He's retiring. Not this year. I believe he's got, uh, he's got till the, uh, till the end of 2021. I think that's when he's done. She's going to go carve some ducks, <laughs> those wood ducks that he does. He has two grandchildren that he really, yeah. really wants to look after, I think. That's, that's so, sick. But yeah. I guess I guess at that point, he, those those two grandchildren might just become engineers too, carry on that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, none of his kids did. So, yeah, maybe it skips a generation. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think it's kind of cool because, like, as, I, as I've noticed, like, people that are like engineers that are in like my life like people uncles that like my dad's friends that are engineers they always have a different insight on stuff i notice like people from different professions have a different insight on everything which is really cool to see so we have a surgeon sitting there and we have like an engineer like who's a mechanical engineer and they always have a different twist on everything like when it comes to like if you're talking about like politics, a lot of people look at their own profession and like go to politics based on that. It's like, oh, this guy is beneficial for me because he's going to decrease taxes. So doctors are all like, yes, we get to make more money. We keep our money. But I, I think it's just it's kind of cool. But I don't know, maybe maybe different professions just have a different perspective. on it. Yeah. Well, it's funny that doctors don't have to protect the public. That's no, not the, yeah. that's not what they take. That's not their own. Really? Is that not their own? No. Their oath is to do no harm. Wow. So, So, wait, the doctors don't have... Yeah, so it's different, right? It's just a different spin. That's crazy. Because we have to to make sure people don't fall off bridges. exactly. They have to make sure that their knife doesn't cut someone in the wrong place, right? It's kind of... I mean, that's broad. That's that's not an in-depth analysis of that. No, but yeah. But it's but just a it's a different note, but, but just a spin it's a, di- on it's a different way of looking at things, right? Yeah. That's that's actually really that's really neat. But no, I feel like I another thing is that like because of engineers, but isn't there like another type of engineering in Red River College? Like don't people No, that's technologists. So are they're not allowed they're to call engineer them? they're engineering technologists. They are not engineers, they cannot call themselves engineers, they call themselves technologists. Ah, so if so, sometimes their graduates come and take engineering degrees, like finish up and yeah. take engineering degree. It takes a little bit less time. It's not it's not two years, but it's a little bit more than two years, but not much. Um, and so the technology program is two years. People who have both those degrees are probably the most capable engineers you'll ever meet, right? Because yeah. they know both sides of it. Yeah. Um, so is this smart? Like I was thinking, like. I feel like these days my worries are like, oh, if I get on a job, I won't know what I'm doing. Like, I'll look like an idiot. I'll look. No, you just have to be ready to learn. That's all. Just open your mind to learn. No one's expecting you to know everything when you start. They want you to learn. That's what they're expecting of you. That makes sense. But, okay. So do you have any final advice for people that, not even just engineering or for like, people that are just trying to do a professional degree or like even just going to school? Like, is there there more benefit? I think that these these times are really uncertain and it's hard for kids. But I think we all have to remember 
that our happiness and our safety is all in our own hands, right? Right. So if we take steps every day to to put ourselves, uh, you know, in the way of good things, yeah, then then um, it'll be better. That's you know, true. and sometimes you you do that by doing volunteer work. Sometimes you do that by being open to an opportunity when it comes along. Sometimes that means, um, you know, uh, being an example to your friends. Yeah. You know that that kind of exercising that kind of positive leadership can can be really self fulfilling. Like yeah. it can lead to better things. You know, you it's hard to tell that it will, but it, it, you can. Especially since COVID, with like all this mental health and all that, is very important. Like self, self, being able to like self reflect and being able to know what you can do and what you can't do, and like taking those into consideration. I think mental health has become such an important part now. I was uh, like a lot of my friends. We, I never thought in my life I'd be having discussions about mental health with my friends, like ever. Yeah. And yeah. now, especially, I've made friends. Like I have friends that we have those discussions. We have those once a week. We're like, hey, you know. We check up on each other. It's like, hey, are you doing okay? Like how, especially since you're stuck at home and you know some people's homes yeah. aren't the best. And then you're always just checking on them yeah. to see if it's okay. It's just, I think if being able to know what you what your happy place is, it's very important, especially now. Yeah, yeah. And to look for those opportunities for happiness. Like exactly. to not, not be so set in your, your ways that you don't see the good things that are coming right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I need to learn that because my my car broke down yesterday. It's gonna cost like fourteen hundred bucks to fix, and I'm looking for those. <laughs> I'm looking for those happinesses right now. It's like anything. what's wrong with it? Uh so it's a manual Mustang I bought this past summer, like a yeah. month ago, and so the clutch broke down. So I got to replace the whole clutch. Yeah. And See, it, and I'm I'm this close to buying an electric car where I'll go. Hey. Yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> Whatever. It's funny, my brother, my brother makes fun of me. He's like, you're a mechanical engineer and you can't even fix a simple clutch. Like, what use are you? And I'm like, I think that's a mechanic, but <laughs> good try. But he's not wrong. Technically speaking, we learn what the process is and how the clutch works in, like, thermal. But it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. No, you need supervision to learn how to work on cars. Yeah. So, but, but you I, could join an SA team and who knows? Maybe you can fix yeah, your own clutch. I'm, I'm part of UMSATs, uh, like Rockets. I'm, oh, I'm excited. Nice. That was fun. I'm excited. They're, that's a great team. Yeah, they look like they know what they're doing, and they look yeah. well organized. I love how I love how these umset like these uh umset teams are so well organized. Like they have groups, they have leaders, and everyone knows what they're doing. And it's just like, woo! They're off to the races. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It just looks like a well-oiled team, like as if you were an actual engineering team. And it's very impressive to see how professional it is. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of satisfying to see kids like students are able to create such a professional environment but i guess it's different compared to high school for me that was a little bit of shock too right high school you have all these different nice people but once you get into like a team like that everyone's one-minded set and they're like we gotta finish this project everyone's thinking of the bigger picture it's like how it's gonna look how like what's gonna operate how efficient it's gonna be so it's very it's a very neat thing to be part of yeah but anyway Thank okay. you so much for uh, right, very welcome. interview you and talk to you about. Okay. Your- well, I hope you found that useful. I think it will be Not good. Sure. But uh, yeah, no, it was fun. It was fun. Always fun to talk to a student. So you yeah. should, of course, interview Pet Cow next and get all of his stories. Sure, his stories are amazing. Maybe yeah. he might actually respond to my email now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll mention that he should. 
I'll okay. mention to him that he should respond yes. to your email. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. Bye.